Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, and with me today is David Rabbi, founder and CEO of Tovala. Uh, Tovala is a company that has just skyrocketed over the past couple of years. I had the chance to meet David in person a few years ago. David, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, before we jump in, David, tell us what Tavala is and kind of what you've been up to. Yeah, so Tavala is a company that is trying to revolutionize home cooking. And our, our vision has always been, how can we give our customers all the best elements of home cooking and none of the bad parts? So none of the cleanup, none of the shopping, none of you know, all the prep and stuff that you have to do, but still you know, beautiful smells in your home great tasting food, healthy food, textures, caramelization, all that stuff that you associate with home cooking. So that was our vision. What it means in reality is we sell a countertop oven that we've made specifically to cook our meals. And then we have a team of chefs that design recipes every week. We produce all the food, ship it out to your doorstep. And all you do as a customer is add a couple sauces, scan a barcode, and the oven cooks your meal exactly the way our chefs design. So we've been in business for about three years and you know, now have customers all across the country. And it, it really is incredible. I've used the oven. I have one, um, an early version. You, you're on V2 now, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, I, but even the early version was incredible. And it's not just one kind of cooking, right? It uses a couple of different kinds of heat to cook. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, way we, the way the chefs thought about it from the early days was, you know, if you're cooking your own food at home, you're generally using multiple appliances. So you might use your stove, you might use your oven, maybe you're, you'll make some stuff that's raw. How do we replicate that in one device? And so what happens when you scan the barcode is every meal actually changes functions over the course of that cooking cycle, as we call it. So if, if you scan a salmon dish, for example, it's gonna steam for a bit to get everything nice and moist and juicy, then it's gonna bake, and then it will finish with a broil so that your side gets like a nice brown on it, uh, your salmon maybe caramelizes if there's a sauce. So it's the same as using multiple appliances, but it's all within the oven. And as a customer, you don't do anything. All you do is scan the barcode and then the oven kind of does its magic thing. It's pretty wild. I'll link to Tavala and some of the videos in the show notes that sort of, sort of show you how it works and why it matters to you home chefs um, so you can see for yourself. But David, I want to talk about your background because it is, it's so fun um, how your journey kind of brought you here. Um, you, after college, you taught English abroad, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I moved to China for a period of time and was teaching English in Shanghai. And then what brought you to food from there? So I, I had been passionate about food uh, from when I was about 18 years old. And I knew it was the industry I wanted to work in. And my kind of foray to China was in some ways a way of delaying the real world and also trying something abroad. And, and at the time, there was a lot of opportunity in China. So I thought I would go out there and see if there was something that would stick. And, and there was definitely a lot of opportunity, but I didn't want to live there long term. And so decided to move back to the U.S. And, and pursue something in food that was a little closer to a passion of mine. Yeah, and, and from there, um, you had a, a stopover. Um, you worked on a little startup, right? I hate to say little, but it was, it was a project. Yeah, so after, after spending a few years in the food industry in, in a few different roles, uh, as a side project, initially I started this mobile app uh, for, for sports fans. And 
that was my first foray into the tech world. And it got me really excited because of the speed of change, how quickly you could reach a lot of people at once, you know, all of the opportunity in the tech space. And my experience in food up to that point has been, had been really in traditional food, uh, which, you know, I was passionate about was not, but was not as fast moving of an, an, an industry. There was no technology that was being injected. And so this project, you know, the biggest thing it accomplished looking back is that it introduced me to the tech world in the US. And it, it kind of changed my thinking around what I wanted to do from just purely something in food to a marriage of food and technology. It gave you the bug. Yes. Um, and then from there, you went to Booth, where you won the New Venture Challenge. Yeah, I'd always wanted to go to business school. And I thought business school would be a really good launching pad for whatever business I came up with. Um, and fortunately, Booth has this great business plan competition called the New Venture Challenge that Grubhub had won 10 years before us, Braintree had won nine years before, Simple Mills had won the year before us. Uh, so somewhat coincidental that they had all these food companies that had done really well. And, and I saw that as like, you know, if we could win the NBC or come in second or third, it would be a great jumping off point post-graduation to actually turn this class project into a real business. And it, it was Tavala. You entered with Tavala. Yes. Yeah. So I had the concept for Tavala that I'd come up with four or five months into my time at business school because I was so busy and I still wanted home cooking. That was kind of the germ of the ideas. I don't have time to cook for myself anymore, but I don't want frozen food. I'm tired of ordering delivery. How can I get the home cooked meal? And so that was the concept we took through the New Venture Challenge. We had a, a very early prototype. Uh, we had the, the business plan put together as a 60 page business plan. Uh, and then we did this presentation in front of a bunch of investors and Clearly, they saw something there because, because we won, um, but we were a very long ways away from turning that into reality. And then um, you became a part of a prestigious group of folks. Um, you were a Y Combinator company as well. Yeah, we, got, we were really fortunate to get into YC, and it, it was our second time applying. So we had applied once and not gotten in. Uh, before we had a prototype, we were, we were just too early for, for the accelerator, and they told us that. Uh, but then we got in and we, we moved to Silicon Valley in the winter of 2016 for four months. And it was an amazing experience. Uh, you know, I think even just connecting me closer to this, the initial team that got the company off the ground, that's, that's all still with us today. Uh, and then just learning from YC all, all the different tenets of uh, how to build a fast growing startup, uh, you know, some of which we still use and apply today. And here we are today um, in, was it June, you closed your Series B? Correct, yes. Which is a big deal. Um, I, I'm going to report on what I, what I saw. It was a $20 million round, which gives you capital to grow the company. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. I remember the very first round of funding we raised was half a million dollars, and it took us seven, eight months to get that together. And it was such a big deal for us that we'd raised that amount of money. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I try not to lose sight of that, uh, when we raise a big round like this, but the business is in a very different place. Now the business is at a point where we have product market fit. We have customers that love what we're doing. We're clearly solving a big problem. And now it's just, how do we do it in a, in a much bigger way? Yeah. And before we jump into your goals, I'm curious how COVID has impacted the company. Obviously people are cooking more at home than ever. Yeah, I'd say in a few ways. So externally, 
demand for our product has gone up. Uh, so it's, it's really good from a growth standpoint. I'd say internally for the first month or so, it was very chaotic and difficult because the majority of our team uh, produces food into facilities that have to stay up and running if we're going to stay a business. And before there was a lot of information on what to do and how to stay safe, it was a very stressful period for us. Um, so we've been really fortunate to not have any uh, you know, breakouts of COVID in any of our facilities. Uh, we've implemented, you know, I'd, I'd say what, what is now probably pretty standard in terms of all the different safety protocols, but we did it pretty early. We, we brought in an outside consultant, an epidemiologist, like a week into this thing, and, mm-hmm. and she really helped us separate what was real and not real uh, and get ahead of putting in safety procedures. So, you know, to the extent that you can call what we're doing normal now, it, it is normal. But again, there is this undercurrent of COVID uh, that, that is still very much there for the majority of our team. Okay, let's jump in. Um, David, talk to me. What is a big goal that you set and accomplished and why was it important to you? Yeah, so I, you know, as I was thinking about this and reflecting from a really young age, probably when I was five, six, seven years old, I always wanted to start my own company. Uh, And I had the mobile app, but it, it never, I, you know, I'd say it never went from the project phase to the company phase. And I, you know, I don't know where the line is. Maybe I joke that it's when your parents stop calling it a project. That's when you know. Um, so that was a goal I've had for the vast majority of my life. Um, and, you know, with Taval, I feel like we've accomplished that. And it, and it took a while to go from an idea to a project, to a class project, to a project, to a business, to a real company. Um, but I feel like that, that box has been checked. Where do you think that goal came from? Is that, was that something you kind of saw in your childhood? Yeah, I think it, it came from my family. Uh, my, my dad started his own company uh, more out of necessity because he didn't have other opportunities. And really the only path was to try to do something on his own uh, with very, very limited resource. And then other members of my extended family also were entrepreneurs. And so it's kind of what I always wanted to do. I, I didn't know what kind of business or in what industry, but going back to really young age, I always had this concept of, oh, well, well one day I'll start my own company. Like that's, that's what I'm going to do. And it's kind of fun to reflect on, on your path from, from graduating college to today. Um, what do you think fed into Tavala from your path? What are, what are the pieces helping you today? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you know, there's, there's some stuff that has been super helpful. There's some stuff that I wish I had done that I didn't do, uh, that would have been really helpful now. Um, but each stop along the way was kind of important in different ways. So one that, you know, is very practical. I spent a little bit of time at a PR firm and for up until, I don't know, seven, eight months ago, I was still leading our PR efforts because I had done it before and it, it was not difficult for me. I could do it with a small amount of work and effort. Um, now we're doing much better PR now that I'm not doing it full time. But er, you know, early on when we had very limited resource, that was just like a box I could check that I could take care of. And it helped drive a lot of our early growth. Um, so that's one example. I'd say I got a lot of management experience uh, with one of the food businesses I was running that has helped immensely now. Um, but then you know, a lot of what I'm doing now is totally new. And had I had other experiences before, it might have helped. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, too. I remember, I think you reached out to me originally I, when, I think so, when we first yeah. met. 
Yes. Uh, I didn't even think about that. I, I don't think I put it together like, oh, the CEO of this Y Combinator company is doing his own PR. Right. <laughs> That's fun. Um, is it, was it fun to kind of offload that job? Yeah, I think that's been my MO since day one is I should just be giving away my job as much as I can. And we try to tell our team that that's their goal. Like, how, how can you give away your job so you can focus on higher impact things? Uh, so yes, I, there's very few Legos that I have not been happy to give away to someone else. I love that. And that's, I mean, that's great leadership advice too, if you're listening at home. Um, give away your job. You do not need to do the things you used to do um, to get to where you want to go. Is, is there another example of something you've given away? Oh, yeah. I've, I mean, I've given away so much of my job versus what I was doing in the early days. Uh, I'd say the Lego that I held closest that like now I'm still very, very closely involved, but our COO, Taryn, plays a much bigger role is with our investor relations. Mm. And, and that has become a bigger and bigger job as our business has grown. So it wasn't feasible for me to own that. Um, but now she plays a huge role in that in a way that, that wasn't true 18, 24 months ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure that it, it was probably a big job for you to do fundraising as well um, when you were out there asking for the money. Correct. And that, that's a job that I will probably never truly give away. Uh, yeah. I think there's certain things that the CEO has to always do. But you know, the, the support for that, I think, has had to grow. Yeah. So let's talk about what it meant to you when you realized that Tavala went from project to company? Um, was there kind of a point when you realized it and when your parents stopped calling it a project? Um, it's funny. I don't have like a specific moment in time. I think when we won the new venture challenge, it's, we still weren't quite there. It's like, oh, we won this you know, school competition. It's legit. All these other companies have won it. But nevertheless, you know, I graduated and I had, we had no employees, no revenue one like kind of working prototype. So it still felt like a project. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably either when we were in Y Combinator, when we had raised some money or after the Kickstarter campaign, because when the Kickstarter campaign was the first real revenue that we drove. And, and that was the first, that was like the forcing mechanism to, to say, all right, now we have to have a real business now because all Mm -hmm. these people bought our product. So we have to make the product and deliver it. And now there's, there's, you know, a ticking clock to make that happen. Oh, let's talk about that. How many people bought the product in your Kickstarter? Almost a thousand. So it was a lot of people. And I think, you know, probably 20% of those were friends and family, 25%. So it was not a majority. And I think for all of us, it was a little eye-opening of, okay, this has extended well past our, our networks. Now this is kind of real and, and we have to deliver. All these people have paid us money. We have to deliver and go, go build the business. Oh my gosh. First of all, it's pressure. And second of all, it's, it's proof, um, which is fun. Correct. But it was good. It was a really good forcing mechanism for the team because we had a deadline. We had all these customers. And so we had to sprint to build what's a really complex business in a pretty short amount of time. Do you remember how long you had? Yeah. So we, we gave ourselves uh, just under nine months. The campaign launched March 12th or 13th of 2016. And it was a one month campaign. We were supposed to deliver the first ovens at the end of that year. And we ended up delaying about four months because nothing was ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, got, we got a little overambitious considering that we had to build an oven, a whole food production system, and then the software to power everything. So we ended up delaying three or four months. Uh, but you know, then the business went live early Q2 of 2017. 
Uh, and now you've, you've done more than a million meals. We have shipped more than a meal, million meals. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Let, yeah. wait, let's talk about the future. Um, I could talk about the past all day cause you guys have done incredible things, but let's talk about a big goal that you've set for the future that you're working towards now. What is it? Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, one of the goals we talk about internally is taking the company public. Uh, we think it'd be an amazing achievement. We think this business would do really well in the public markets. It's very unique. I think it, it obviously is a huge challenge and we're, we're a long ways away from accomplishing a goal like that. But it's a, I'd say it's a personal goal and it's a company goal that we're kind of you know, marching towards in the medium to long term. I love that. In my head, I'm like, IPO. <laughs> <laughs> That's so incredible. Um, can you think of another company that has like the intricacies, the complexities that uh, I'm saying complexities in a good way yes. that Tavala has that's gone public recently? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, I'd say that the two that really come to mind, uh, one is Peloton. Mm. And that's, that's a business we talk about a lot. But once you have connected hardware, it's just like a whole nother level of complexity. Um, and they've got the annuity from the recurrent, you know, from the, the subscription that we also have that makes the business very different than if you were just selling hardware. Uh, so I think that's one. They've obviously done immensely well. I think similar to us, COVID has been a real boon for them. Uh, and the other one we talk about a little less so, but you know, equally complex is Stitch Fix, uh, mm -hmm. which went public a few years ago and has also seen a ton of success. Oh my gosh. Peloton makes a ton of sense. I think as soon as you said that, calling you guys the Peloton of food delivery um, really does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it appeals, you know, it's, it's also appealing to people that are time strapped that want a really high quality product, whether it's exercise or food. Um, and, you know, so I think there's the consumer comparison and then the business comparison is, is pretty similar as well in a lot of ways. Yeah. So what happens between now and then to get you there? Yeah, uh, a lot. Uh, so <laughs> I think, you know, one of the big differences between us and Peloton is their product is in some ways more easily scalable because their content is one to many. Whereas we had a customer, that means we have to produce more food. Uh, and there's, there's a human element to that. So I think from a pr production and operational standpoint, there just has to be a ton of scale up and growth. And we're on our way to doing that, but that's a massive challenge. So opening several more facilities across the country over the next several years is kind of the first linchpin to going public. And the second is growth. So how do we keep growing at a super rapid pace? How do we expand the number of people that are aware of us? Um, and, you know, we think we're playing in a really big market. You know, any, anyone that Tuesday night rolls around and they're tired and hungry and want a high quality product, we think those are potential customers for us. Uh, so the question is, how do we get the word out to as many of those as possible? Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you're doing a lot of marketing. Um, do, I have a question. Do your customers today, do they provide you feedback on the meals they want to see? Some. Uh, I'd say that the majority of the feedback is on the meals that we do have, but we have a very, very passionate group of customers. Uh, people are, you know, they, they get very into Tavala, which is amazing. Uh, and so we do get a ton of free response, I would say, whether it's people emailing us, chatting into customer service, posting on social media about the things they want to see. Uh, and it's all across the board. I think once people get into this habit of 
I get a super high quality meal by scanning a barcode, you know, they get really creative about what else we can do within that. Um, so there's a lot on the roadmap from the food standpoint, because there's a lot more we can be doing that we're not doing today. Uh, so hopefully that part of the business continues to grow and expand. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I, I mean, just hearing you talk, I can, I can picture so many exciting ways that the community will love to watch you grow. Just the way that Peloton's community has gotten excited about the growth of the company overall. Um, sometimes you see really excited communities reticent to, to mm -hmm. welcome new members to it. But I, I think those who have been invested in you since the beginning and see you as see themselves as a part of your growth, um, will love, love to watch that happen. So I can't, I can't wait to find out what they do when you go public. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It'll that hopefully that happens. It'll be a very exciting time. We'll be watching. Um, anything else about going public and what it'll take to get there and what it'll mean to you that you want to talk about before we get to your tip? Um, yeah, I, you know, it's a great question what it'll mean to us. I, in some ways, like don't let myself go there, uh, mm -hmm. because it's, it's a goal. And I think there's a long ways to go to get to that point and a lot of things that will inevitably go wrong, but I, I like it as a milestone that the team can march towards and as kind of a, a big hairy goal for us. I love that. Uh, and I also, I, I think it's interesting to point out um, the, the mental state you just pointed out the, that you just talked through, um, that you don't want to get there too soon or think too much about it. It's almost like removing the element of getting your, not getting your hopes up, but putting yourself in the state where you are already there in your head. Yeah. And, and I would say, because it's, it's really far from an inevitability, like mm. there's so much that we have to do right to take this company public. Uh, that I, I definitely don't take it for granted that that's going to happen. Like we're a long ways away from that. Uh, the company is still pretty young. We're still pretty small. There's a lot more to go, but I think it's possible. I, I, and I have thought that from the early days of starting the company. I would bet on you, David. Um, okay. <laughs> let's talk about your tip. Uh, during COVID, we talked to a lot of tastemakers, entrepreneurs, and, and just general health and wellness enthusiasts about what they were doing to stay healthy, productive, and sane uh, while doing everything from home. So tell us, David, what is your tip? Great question. So what, you know, I was reflecting on this question and thinking, you know, should I share the things that I was doing already? Because I'm a, I'm a big believer in health and wellness and that being really important to not just being productive, but being happy. And then I thought, no, what, you know, why don't I share the thing that's changed? So the one thing that I have been able to commit to that I've actually struggled with my whole life is meditating regularly since COVID. And so what my wife and I do now is every night before we're going to sleep, we do a 10 minute sleep meditation uh, that we were never able to get to stick. We had, we had done it for a few weeks here and there, and we've been pretty good about it for the last four or five months and found it's a, it's a really good way to kind of clear our heads relax a little bit before we go to sleep and hopefully get a more restful night. I love that. Is, are you finding that you're sleeping better? A hundred percent. Yeah. There was a definite change. Uh, and the nights we don't do it because we're lazy, which is silly. It's like a little ironic. We don't sleep as well. Um, lazy. so yeah, it, it definitely helps. Uh, and I, you know, I've always believed in the power of meditation and unlike eating well and exercising, it never stuck for me, but now it has. Uh, so hopefully it's, it's something that I keep up, I think, forever. I think it's, it's such an important part of like just holistic wellness. Do you think it's stuck because you involved your wife? 
No, because we had tried doing it together before. You would think that would have helped, like having a partner to, to keep uh, both of us responsible. But I think that the main change was doing it before we went to bed. I think like picking a very specific time that we could commit to and where there wouldn't be something to get in the way. Whereas before, like we had tried doing it in the mornings and the mornings are really chaotic. Uh, and then we had tried doing it like an hour before going to sleep at night that hadn't stuck, but now it's just kind of a routine at a very specific point in time. It's made it a lot easier. I love it. Um, David, anything, anything you want to tell us about where to find Tavala? Um, what's on the menu this week? Where should we look for you on the internet? Yes. Great question. Um, so you can go to our website, which is just Tavala.com. We were very adamant when we started the company and came up with the name that we wanted the name of the company.com. Uh, so you can come to our website. Menus change every week. Uh, I'm going to have a, a bacon ranch chicken melt with fingerling potatoes today. Uh, we, you know, tomorrow I will have salmon with broccoli. So it's along the spectrum of what you're looking for, but uh, check us out at, at Tavala.com and you can see what's, what's on the menu. Thank you, David, for sharing what's cooking, a little bit about your journey. I liked the pun just then. I'm going to leave that in. Uh, And for your tip, uh, we can't wait to see what happens next for Tavala. Yeah, thank you for having me.